Hello everyone, this is Saurabh from Edureka. Today's session is all about computer vision using OpenCV in Python. For now, let us move forward and have a look at the agenda for today. So guys, this is what we'll be discussing today. We'll begin by understanding what exactly is the meaning of computer vision and how a computer reads an image. Then I'll tell you what is OpenCV and how it works. After that, we'll see how to create an image detector as well as a motion detector using OpenCV. So I hope you guys are clear with the agenda. Let us move forward and we will understand what exactly is the meaning of computer vision. So before I explain you anything guys, I believe all of you are on Facebook and the moment you upload any picture on Facebook, there's a feature called auto tag, right? So Facebook will give you suggestions to tag people who are there in the image, right? So how do you think that happens? That happens all because of computer vision. So computer vision is an interdisciplinary field that deals with how computers can be made to gain high level understanding from digital images or videos. So the idea is to automate tasks that the human visual systems can do. So a computer should be able to recognize that this is a face of a human being. This is what a lamppost looks like. This is basically a statue. So things like that, right? So I hope I'm clear what is the meaning of computer vision. And I don't think so. I need to explain you what are the applications of computer vision, right? So uh, let's move forward, guys. And we're going to see how a computer reads an image. Now, this is very interesting. So notice the image that is there in front of your screen, right? So a normal human can easily tell that there is a New York skyline in this image, but can computers really see this? Well, the answer is no. Computers see a matrix of numbers between 0 to 25, 0 to 255, right? So for a colored image, there will be firstly three channels, red, green, and blue. And there'll be a matrix associated with each of these channels, right? And each element of this matrix represents the intensity of brightness of that pixel. All of these channels will have their separate matrices, and these will be stacked onto each other to create a three-dimensional matrix. So a computer will interpret a colored image as a 3D matrix. I hope I'm clear. So when I say that the size of an image is 700 cross 700 and it is a colored image, that means there are 700 rows, 700 columns, and there are three channels because it's a colored image. Similarly, if I say 300 cross 700, that means there are 300 rows and 700 columns. And if it's a colored image, there'll be three channels. Now in the example which is there in front of your screen, we have an image which has a size of B cross A and since it is a colored image, there'll be three channels. One thing to note here guys, for a grayscale or a black and white image, there's only one channel. So if it, there's a black and white image and I say that the size of the image is 700 cross 700, it means there are 700 rows and 700 columns in one single channel, right? So I hope I'm clear, for a black and white image, there's only one channel. For a colored image, there are three channels popularly called as RGB and each element of the matrix represents the intensity of the brightness of the pixel. So this is how basically a computer reads an image. It will read an image in the form of matrix. It depends if it's a colored image, then it'll be a 3D matrix. And if it is a grayscale or a black and white image, then it'll be a 2D matrix. Similarly, if I wanna calculate the number of pixels, all I have to do is multiply the number of rows, number of columns, and the number of channels. So if I say that the size of the image is 700 cross 700 cross three, because it's a colored image, then you can go ahead and multiply these numbers and you'll find the number of total pixels. So I hope you have understood this. Let us move forward and we are going to focus on what exactly is OpenCV. Now, first of all, OpenCV is a library which is used for computer vision. It was first developed in the year 1999 at Intel by Gary Bratsky and the first release came out in 2000. Let me tell you that OpenCV supports a wide variety of programming languages such as C++, Python, Java, etc. and also supports different platforms including Windows, Linux, etc. etc. Now OpenCV Python is nothing but a Python wrapper for the original OpenCV C++ implementation. And in OpenCV, all the images are converted from or to NumPy arrays, right? 
So if there's any image, then OpenCV will first convert it into a NumPy array, right? And this makes it easier to integrate it with other libraries that uses NumPy, for example, SciPy and Matplotlib. So I hope you guys know about NumPy. If you aren't aware of this particular library, go ahead and check out a detailed tutorial on NumPy. I'll leave the link in the description box below. But for now, understand that all the images will be first converted to a NumPy array, right? So that's how OpenCV works. Since we saw that computer will first convert the image to a matrix, in this case, it will convert it into a NumPy matrix or a NumPy array, you can say. Now we'll directly jump into certain basics of OpenCV. So what I'll first teach you is how you can read an image, how you can perform basic operations, for example, resizing the image or displaying the image and things like that. So that, that's what I'm going to first focus on. So for that, what I'll do is I'll open my PyCharm and I'll execute the code there. But let me just first explain you what I'm going to show you. So first of all, I'm going to teach you how we can read a particular image. The first thing you need to do is obviously import the OpenCV module. Then we are going to read the image with the help of this imRate function. So this one represents that it will be a colored image if it is a colored image. And if we put zero here, then it will convert it into a black and white or a grayscale image, right? And let me tell you that OpenCV will read it as a NumPy array. So basically Python stores the images as NumPy arrays or matrix of numbers. So if it's a colored image, it will be a 3D matrix. And if it's a grayscale image, it will be a 2D matrix. Now what we are going to do is we are going to display the image. How we are going to do that? We are going to use this wait key function in which if we don't specify any parameter and we keep it as zero, it means that the moment user presses a key, the window will be closed. And if we specify a time frame, for example, 2000 milliseconds, then the window will wait for 2000 milliseconds and then it will be destroyed. So this destroy all windows basically closes the windows based on my wait for key parameter. So if it is zero, the moment any person presses any key, then all the windows will be destroyed. And if I've given certain parameters like 2000 milliseconds, then it will wait for 2000 milliseconds and it will automatically close the window. So I hope uh, you have understood this. Now, how to capture the video instead of the first frame, right? For till now, what we did, we just captured the first frame that appeared in front of the camera, right? Because that is basically what video is basically what it is nothing but multiple frames which appear really quickly and that comes out as a video. So what we need is now we need to capture the entire video. So for that, what we'll do, we'll use a loop because I've told you earlier as well, that is what we are going to use. Uh, in order to capture the video, we will be using a while loop, right? And the condition will be such that unless check is true, Python will display the frame because what is check? Check will basically return true if Python is able to read the video capture object. And if it is not able to read it, then it becomes false. So our condition will be such that if check is equals to true, then Python will display the frames, right? It'll display the frame on a window. So let me just take you through the code that I've written here. Video is equals to cv2.videocapture equal to zero, which is basically a video capture object. I'm not going to repeat that. I have a variable a which is equal to one. While true, uh, while Python is able to read the video capture object, it'll enter the loop. A is equal to a plus one, which will keep on increasing. Check comma frame. So it'll print the frame basically the numpy array object. And what I'm doing here is converting the frame, the image into a grayscale image. Then I'm going to show that grayscale image and I've given it a time frame that is one millisecond. So it will be that this will generate a new frame after every one millisecond. So this will basically generate a new frame after every one millisecond, right? So it is nothing but a wait key. And after every millisecond, the frame will change. All right, guys. And the moment I press Q, this break statement will come out of the loop and the window will close, right? Print it. This will print the number of frames that we have captured, right? And uh, video.release, you know, destroy all windows, you know, right? So let me just take you through the code again. We are importing CV2 and time module. Then what we are doing, we are creating a video capture object. After that, we have a variable A equal to one. 
which is nothing but it will tell us the number of frames that we have captured while true which means that while python is able to read the video capture object increase the a value by one then you know these two statements we are printing nothing but the frame the end dimensional array object then we are converting that frame to a grayscale image then we are showing it and after that we are generating a new frame after every one millisecond that's what it is doing here then once we press q we are out of the loop and console will print the number of frames and all those things right and now we're going to talk about a motion detector right so this is our use case guys and i know all of you must be waiting for it right so let me just take you through the problem statement why we are executing this use case right everything exists for a reason so let us understand what are the problems that this motion detector will help us to solve so you have been approached by an organization that is studying human behavior now your task is to give them a camera that can detect any motion in front of it and it should return a graph which should contain for how long the object or the human was in front of the camera so this is how the graph should look like this should be the starting time right the moment object appeared in front of the camera for how long it stayed in front of the camera then it went off then again it appeared at this particular time then again it went off so this is how it should look time at which object appears in front of the camera and the time at which the object moves away from the camera so how we are going to execute it so this is the flow diagram for that guys and first of all we need to save the initial frame so what will happen since i've told you earlier as well video is nothing but fast moving images all right so what we'll do the moment we switch on the camera the first frame the first image that will appear we will save it right then we'll convert that image to a gaussian blur image you don't uh, need to worry about it i'll explain you what is gaussian blur image then we'll take the frames with the object and convert it into gaussian blur image so basically this is done to give us the accurate results right so gaussian blur image is something like that you don't have to go into too much detail here to execute it but just understand it just to increase the efficiency we are converting our images to gaussian blur so we are converting our first image also to gaussian blur and the subsequent frames as well that will appear will also be converted to gaussian blur image then what we'll do we'll calculate the difference the difference between the first frame and the frames that will appear after the first frame since the first frame is stored already we are going to subtract that with the frames that will appear after that right then what we need is now because of this we'll know okay there's a change in the frame the initial image looked like this but now since there's some movement or some motion we can see that there's a difference in the subsequent frames right so we know that there is some motion or there is some object but that object might be too small that we don't want to capture that for that what we do we define a threshold that will remove the shadows and then two small objects or other noises so basically we will define a threshold or the size of the pixel that should appear as an and will be considered as an object right i don't want a flying housefly to be considered as an object there just an example now define the borders of the object right so we need to give a border or a box there right and basically a rectangular box around the object and then we are going to calculate the time when object appears and exits the frame i hope you guys are clear again guys i'm repeating the logic what happens you first save the initial image in a frame what happens the moment you switch on the camera the first image that will appear that will be saved that will be converted to a gaussian blur image similarly whatever frames that appear after that initial image will also be converted to gaussian blur image now the difference between the first frame and the subsequent frames will be calculated now that difference will tell us whether there is an object in front of the camera or not because if there is a change from first frame then there is definitely some object but that object might be too small and i might not want it for that we will define a threshold all right so this should be the size of the object in order to consider it as an object or an emotion in front of the camera then we are going to define the borders around that object we'll add a rectangular box and then finally we are going to calculate the time when object appears and exits the frame right we'll save that in a data frame and after that we are going to visualize the data frame that's it we are going to create a pandas data frame for that 
Now the question is how I'm going to execute it, right? So guys, this is pretty much from what we did last time as well. So what we have here is we are going to create a video capture object. Then we are converting uh, the frame color to grayscale. Then we are converting the grayscale image to Gaussian blur image. And this if statement will basically store my first frame or my first image. The moment I switch on the camera, whatever image comes first, it will be stored in this particular first frame variable, right? So the statement says that if first frame is none, when there is nothing in the first frame, it will enter the loop. The first image that will appear will be stored in the first frame. And after that continue means it will come out of the loop, right? Let's see what we are going to do next after that. What we are going to do is we are going to calculate the difference since I've told you earlier as well. We are going to calculate the difference between a first frame and the subsequent frames which I have stored in gray, right? So this will calculate the difference after that. I have defined a threshold now it provides a threshold value such that it will convert the difference value with less than 30 to black. If the difference is greater than 30, it will convert those pixels to white. So basically whatever object is there in front of the screen, it will convert that to white. Right, whatever the difference is. So that's why I've given the color as well. And this is basically uh, the difference value that I've defined a threshold here. Similarly, I've defined one more threshold, right? You can see it over here as well, thresh delta that I'm using here. After that, what I'm doing is I'm defining the contours, or you can say the borders. So basically, the borders around that object which appears. Now I'm adding one more threshold, guys. This will remove noises and shadows, or even a house fly, which I don't want to detect, right? So basically, it will keep only that part white which has area greater than 1000 pixels. So if my object has area great smaller than 1000 pixels, it won't be detected because I don't want to detect it, right? So you can change it the way you want. You can keep it 5000, you can keep it 10,000, you can keep it 200. That totally depends on you, right? And this is basically to create a rectangular box around the object in the frame. So I hope you guys are clear with it. And finally, we are just displaying all the things. And uh, yeah, you can see it over here as well. And you know what it is basically frame will change after every one millisecond. This will basically close the window and this will close all the windows. Now what we need to do is we need to calculate the time for which the object was in front of the camera. For that we will create a pandas data frame, right? So pandas dot data frame is what we are going to use here. There will have two columns start and end basically when object appears in front of the camera and when it went off and we are going to tweak a couple of things. We are going to define this variable called status. Status at the beginning of the recording is zero and as the object is not visible, right? So if there is no movement, then it will be zero because there is no object that is there in front of the screen, right? But it will change the status when the object is being detected. The status will become one, right? Similarly, we were going to append the status list of status for every frame for every frame. We are going to append it. So this basically tells us the second last status list value. All right. These two conditional statement will basically record date time in a list when change occurs. Let me tell you how. So if my status underscore list, the last value of this list is actually equal to equal to one, which means there is an object. But my second last value says that there was no object before in the previous frame. That means there is an object which has appeared, right? So that basically the time and which the object has appeared will be stored here again, which will be stored here. After that, if you notice the second conditional statement, which says that my last frame does not have anything. Uh, I mean, there's no object in front of it in front of the camera, but in my second last frame, there was an object that means the object went off, right? So it will note that time as well when the object was not there in front of the screen. That simple guys. So this will basically create a pandas data frame that will have two columns start and end, which will tell us when the object appeared in front of the camera and when the object went off from the camera. Right. So this is how it is. And uh, then what we are going to do is we are going to create or uh, use this for loop 
in which we are storing the time values in a data frame right i think you guys are aware of pandas if you aren't aware of pandas i'll leave a link in the description box below which is nothing but a detailed tutorial about pandas and data analysis using it so go through it if you are not aware of pandas it's very important library i think every pythonist should know about it and then we are going to store it in a times.csv file so it'll be a csv file right so time i n time is equals to i plus one ignore index so they basically we don't have any index values here right we don't want to display the index so there is no index value here this for loop is pretty self-explanatory so guys that's it for today's session i hope you have enjoyed it thank you and have a great day